You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. I don't think you can truly change for the better in a lasting, meaningful way unless it is driven by self-acceptance. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Be inspired by women from across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams? What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead. And by shining a light on those doing it well today, my hope is that more women will find their own voice. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and it's great to be here with all of you. Before I get started and welcome my very special guest this evening, I want to remind everyone to stay with us during the breaks, where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team of corporate partners who bring news and inspiration from their industries and their companies. And we continue to be so grateful for their support and the valuable content that they bring to the show each week. If you're interested in being a part of the show, feel free to email taylor at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. And don't forget to download the podcast so you never miss a show and sign up for our newsletter where you can see who's in our lineup and all things related to Women to Watch. So now I'm very thrilled and excited to welcome to the show Monique Mosley. Monique is the founder of Rain Venture Capital. Monique, welcome to the show. Well, how are you, Sue? Thank you for having me today. I'm great. I'm really excited to have you. Um, And I know you're quite a busy woman, so I appreciate the time um, that you're going to give to share 
your life story with our listeners. Um, and as always, I want to start at the very beginning. And uh, you grew up in New Jersey, so not too far from me, outside of Philadelphia. Um, tell me about tell me about the community, the town uh, that you grew up in. Oh, Perth Amboy. I, I love Perth Amboy. I feel very um, grateful to have grown up on the East Coast. Um, you know, being so close to the city, so close to so much uh, beautiful thing, the arts, diversity, inclusion, culture, fashion, music. I mean, it truly is the essence of who I am. And so growing up in a, you know, a smaller community, um, income-based housing for the first 12 years of my life. Um, I definitely had the opportunity to see all aspects of life at a very early age um, and very fortunate to have a mother who was extremely curious, extremely intellectual, and encouraged us to be that as well. Yet, I would love for you to talk about your mom a little bit and your relationship with her. Um, I, I know that your mom and dad divorced when you were just two, um, so you probably don't have a memory of that, but she's really been um, a very integral part of your life. Talk about her. She is, and she still is to this day. Um, you know, being the oldest of three siblings, Growing up with a mother who was a single mom, who was at sometimes working three jobs, also put herself through school while raising us. Um, I always saw myself as kind of the support system and kind of almost the leader of you know my siblings, my brother and sister. Um, and it was always really important to my mother that not only did we support each other, but she created an environment for us where she not only challenged herself and showed us each day how she never felt like she was her circumstances for that day. She pushed us out in that way as well into life and told us to never be afraid to understand the journey, to trust the process and to grow as much as possible. That's great advice. Um, you know, when you think about your mom, was there anything that you think she may have given up in order to sacrifice to raise the three of you? <laughs> don't all parents give up yeah. something? You know, I, I think that, you know, once we become a parent, it's it's the forever, never ending, you know, constant battle of balance. And I think that um, in all areas, you know, if we're giving a lot of attention to one thing, then the other areas of our life will actually, you know, feel some type of disconnect or some area of, you know, where they need some attention. But the reality is that she, we never felt the lack. Uh, my mother always led with love. She always led with encouragement. She always encouraged us to be our individual selves. I think that was the one thing I, I saw very early on as a young person is that my mother had three children, but she parented us all three differently. And when I asked her when I was in middle school, she said, all three of you are different. And I re that really stuck in my mind because what that let me know is that it was okay to interact with individuals based on who mm. they are and meet them where they mm. are. And even though she didn't describe it to me as that, I did start to understand that about life. And, you know, one of the most important things for me as a child, as a young adult, and now as an adult is to always be not to remain non-judgmental. Mm. And so these are some of the early foundations that I was afforded in my life. And it's interesting because so many people ask me, what was it like to grow up younger? And the reality is, is that it's like anyone else, you know, the only reason I knew that I grew up a little differently 
an underserved community um, is because people told me, not because I actually suffered side effects of it or consequences to it. Um, our household was very nurturing, full of love. We didn't want for anything. We saw my mother work hard. We had a supportive family system on both my mother and my father's side. And so we just chose not to become limited to our circumstances. I think that's a mm, choice. Absolutely. You know, you shared with me that you lost your dad at 21. Um, yeah. How how did that change your your view of life, if, if at all? I, you know, um, I'm learning to be able to explain this as I've gotten older. But the reality is, is that although I felt pain for my father's death, um, I've always looked at death a little bit differently um, as we should treat people with as much intention and love and support while they're physically here versus this morbid experience of death, something that we all know we're going to actually experience. I mean, if we're born, we're definitely going to leave here physically. And so I think I came to terms with that at a very young age. And so I've never been one to like to worry about having to be at a funeral um, and some people look at it differently. For me, I just like to accept that in a peaceful way. I like to accept departure of a physical loved one in a very peaceful, um, remember them for the best and not look at you know them in a coffin, if that yeah. makes sense. And so my perspective on death is just very different. What I'm most happy about is that um, there was a lot of misunderstanding of communication styles between my father and I when I was growing up. Um, most of it dealing with me feeling like he wasn't being the father that he should always be. And I came to terms with that in honest conversation with him prior to him being deceased. And so I felt closure of peace when my father passed away. I was grateful and thankful that I had to, I was able to have some really good, open, honest conversation that created healing for the two of us. I, you know, I bet that was a gift because I think not being able to have those conversations where you really get to say what, you know, the truth is about the relationship leaves you kind of with those questions and, and wishing um, that you had. And I can tell you that at the time when I was 19 and 20, when I started having these tough conversations with him, I did not know or understand or have the wisdom to, you know, understand that it was actually preparing me for a healing process because he would be leaving wow. physically. And so, you know, the reality is that there was something in me that felt like I needed that it was time to have these honest conversations where he wouldn't feel judged and I wouldn't feel like I couldn't speak yeah. freely. And I'm gr very grateful and thankful to God that we were able to do that before he passed. Yeah. Um, it's very wise of you to recognize that at, at such a young age. Um, we're going to go into our first break, and I will be back with Monique Mosley, again, the founder of Rain Venture Capital. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch, Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. For over 40 years, the American Cancer Society has designated the third Thursday in November as Great American Smokeout Day, offering smokers support and resources to quit smoking. Why? Well, nicotine is one of the strongest and deadliest addictions, and quitting is hard. And because lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in men and women, and more than 75% of these patients are smokers. 
This morning on Your Radio Doctor, we heard from two internationally recognized leaders from the COPD Foundation. Dr. Ruth Tal Singer is the current president and chief scientific officer. Dr. David Menino is a co-founder and until 2020, the number one researcher in COPD in the entire world. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease is the number four cause of death in the U.S. Different forms include emphysema, chronic bronchitis, patients are short of breath, sometimes have a chronic cough, decreased exercise capacity. Also increases the risk of lung cancer. Smoking is the most common cause, but up to 25% have never smoked. Maybe they're exposed to secondhand smoke, air pollution, occupational gases, or have a genetic predisposition. Smoking is associated with other diseases, including asthma, Berger's disease with damaged circulation leading to amputation of feet and legs. Smokers are 30 to 40% more likely to develop type 2 diabetes, heart disease, stroke, decrease in fertility, miscarriages, low birth weight babies, sudden infant death syndrome. There's an increase from multiple cancers, including mouth and throat, bladder, esophagus, stomach, colorectal, and now pancreas. Vaping a battery-operated device with a cartridge of liquid or wax that has nicotine, flavoring, and glycerol, and creates an aerosol that simulates tobacco smoke, designed to help smokers transition to non-smoking. Unfortunately, we've seen a sharp upward trend in use among middle and high school students, and in 2019, an acute respiratory illness that can be severe or life-threatening. One cartridge can have more nicotine than an entire pack of cigarettes. Some contents can break down into cancer-causing agents, and it's another source of secondhand smoke. Hear the entire show on YourRadioDoctor.com. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back, and thanks so much for tuning in this evening. I'm with Monique Mosley, the founder of Rain Venture Capital, which, by the way, I love the name, and it's it's uh, the company's named after your daughter, Rain, and we will be talking about her um, a little bit later. I, and actually, I, I had a question related to your name, which I understand means wisdom and ad- advisor. It um, does. And you know what's so crazy, Sue, is that I recently just looked that up for the first time this year. I've never looked up the meaning of my name. And I said, oh, how fitting. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's true because, um, you know, I shared with you in my research, you're involved in a lot of different things outside of this company, which, by the way, for our listeners, if they're not familiar, you're investing in women and minority-led startups, which, of course, I'm a huge fan of. And, um, you know, you you also sit on multiple boards. People come to you. Um, you've been in advisory positions, consulting um, in television, in fashion, in music. So, you know, one of my questions was, how, what do you think it is about you that allows people to see that trust um, and, and feel comfortable to come to you for your wisdom and your advice? Well, I, you know, first of all, I, I, it's a very humble place for me to sit. I, I do not take that lightly that I, you know, I do am able to build relationships and create an environment where people are open to learning how to become the better version of themselves um, as we're all on that journey. And so I like to kind of sit always in the place of student and I like to learn as much as possible. I never like to be the smartest person in the room. And once I gather information, I try to share it with as many people as possible um, because I do understand what it feels like to have doubt or question your purpose or question 
if you should take these risks in life or question how do you deal with pain. Um, and I think that it started very early for me where I really never saw boundaries or limitations. And most importantly, um, I've never sat in a place of judgment. And I, I think that that is probably the most important piece of it for me is that I'm able to see people. And I think that we, we kind of navigate through life as a whole society in, in judgment and in fear. And we're operating out of criticism versus, you know, support and collaborative effort. And I think that I try to um, take that in a very serious demeanor and I try to understand the accountability that comes with that. And the reality is that I just want everyone to live their best life and you be selfless and be supportive and collaborate. And that requires us to have a, a you know, a listening ear for each other mm. um, and be available for each other. And I'm, I am willing and I have made myself available. So that may be the difference. I don't know why I have this capability. I treasure it though, and I appreciate it and I value it. And I don't take it for granted um, that I've been able to navigate through, you know, generations and decades of a career that has allowed me to kind of, I, I don't wanna say be expert because I don't feel like I'll ever arrive. At least I hope I don't, I, you know, that's the whole point is to constantly evolve and become better. Um, and so maybe it's because of those perspectives and I do mean it from the bottom of my heart. and. I really just want everyone to be able to find that peace and that freedom of self. That mm. is the thing that is that changes us um, to be, you know, a really great society if we all individually can get there. I ju I wonder sometimes if that is something that can be taught. So, in other words, you have an innate um, positive outlook. I'll say you've been through challenging times. Things have happened that have been difficult. One is that you became a mom at a very young age, 18. Yes. Yes. You had your son. That's hard. You know, that's, I mean, it's a beautiful, wonderful gift, but at that age, it's, it's difficult. Um, I don't encourage it for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we're quite ready, but when it happens, then I wonder what, you, what, what, was your perspective looking back? Because certainly now you have this wonderful boy. And do you think that was part of my journey that was meant for me for some reason? I believe every part of my journey, the things that felt amazing, the things that didn't feel so amazing, the, you know, the accomplishments, the lessons. I think that all of that is necessary in order for me to be the woman that I am today. And so although all of it hasn't felt good, I do not regret anything that I've been through. Um, I've learned a lot, most importantly. And I think the most important thing that I've learned is to never give up on myself. And I think that is the difference. And to be 18 and to know that you're pregnant, I went from being a straight A student um, and you know being a part of all these different activities and sports and clubs to oh my goodness, no one wants their children around me, right? And so it was my mother who um, I was offered the opportunity to like be around an alternative school. <laughs> and my mother said, absolutely not. You're, this is the decision that you made. These are the choices you made. You're gonna hold your head up high and you're gonna accomplish and finish everything that you strive to do. And that was a very important moment for me because at 18, it could have went very differently. Um, I could have thought of myself as a statistic, but instead what I did was I went to college and I immediately became a volunteer 
for an organization for, for teen moms. And what I realize is that even when you think your life is difficult, trust and believe there are people who have it way worse. Mm. And instantly, you know, I'm a, a new mother, I'm a college student, but I'm volunteering and move literally, I moved next door in an apartment to be next to this house that was a, a shelter for teen moms. And I was working with 13 and 14 and 15 year old moms who, because of my journey, saw some insight on what their possibilities could be. And if that's the sacrifice that I had to go through to become a light for others and to be an example of what possibilities are for other young girls who saw themselves in the same position, then that that was worth it to me. Um, I don't recommend it, but these these things that happen through our life um, and what some people would consider obstacles. I've always been a half as uh, glass is half full type of girl, even as a child. So I, I never thought my life was over. If anything, for all of the people who doubted me, it really just fueled me even more to accomplish anything I wanted to do, whatever that may have been, you know, and it's varied over the stages of my life. Yeah, I love that. Um, we're going to go into our next break. And when we come back, I want to find out what were your aspirations when you went and got your MBA? You know, what were you hoping to do? Um, we'll be right back. Stay with us for our watch team. And I'll be back with Monique Mosley. Now, the women to watch, military watch. Hi, I'm Melanie Gardiner, communications manager for military and veteran affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. I met my husband when I was in college. While I was preparing for graduation and beginning my career as a journalist, he was planning to embark on his own journey by enlisting in the military. When I moved to be with him in Fort Hood, Texas, where he was stationed as a U.S. Army soldier, I experienced the military world firsthand for the first time in my life. While dating, I came to realize that when you get close to someone in the military, you get a deeper glimpse into the unique and sometimes odd culture. These peaks behind the curtain often come when my husband describes how his military experiences turned the ordinary into the extraordinary, like the odd places where he'd find himself giving thanks and digging into a traditional Thanksgiving meal while at basic training and enjoying, albeit briefly, stillness from the intensive training. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Training under the stern and watchful eye of his drill sergeants, or when he had to cover himself in a poncho to keep the rain off his plate while out in the field during a training exercise, or when he and his fellow soldiers took turns eating while the others kept watch in the mountains of Afghanistan. Yes, these circumstances are strange, but what strikes me most is that when he and his friends recount these Thanksgiving memories, it's with reverence and a smile. Despite the uncomfortable conditions, they were still able to celebrate and enjoy the meaning of Thanksgiving a moment of peace with loved ones and thankfulness for what you have. From all of us at Comcast NBC Universal, we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net. N-E-T. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm back with Monique Mosley, the founder of Rain Venture Capital. And, um, you know, we were talking about your upbringing in younger years, and you really um, gave a lot of great insight into, I think, the effectiveness of having that positive outlook, no matter what happens in our life, because God knows we make bad decisions when we're young <laughs> and we're continually learning and we make them as we get older yeah too, we do <laughs> bigger life is about that, correct the lessons, absolutely right? <laughs> absolutely tell me when you went on you did go to um george washington university and you got an mba you know before you started your career what were your dreams what were you aspiring to be with that you know, it's interesting. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Even as a little girl, my, I would hire my sister. I would do her chores. She's two years younger than me so that she could be my secretary for my company. And I would do all her chores so she could just go outside and play. <laughs> so, I've, I, you know, the great thing is that my mother saw that in me. Um, and she always put me in environments that could really, really fuel that curiosity in me. Um, and just to learn, to learn, to learn. I, I think that I just always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I think as I started to grow in life and learn all of the things that were causes of equity and equality issues, I always wanted to disrupt industries that I deemed interesting or felt like I could actually have a voice and lend my voice to mm. it. And so I think that for the, most of my career, it's always been about all things equity and equality, even when I didn't comprehend it to its fullest. Of, you know, I didn't wake up every day saying, oh, I want to go change the world. I, I woke up every day wanting to be, become the best version of myself that I could. And by the way, let's make sure that I always stand for the people who don't have a way to use their voice. And so that's, and that's something else that was also taught to us as, as we were young. So. Wow. That, that's amazing because that was your beginning and look, look what you're doing today. You know, you're doing just that. Um, I want to talk about your first job was with USA Today. How did you land that job? So I was a student at 
um, Ohio State, and I also worked for um, a community college in Columbus, and I worked for uh, career placement for, uh, his name was Charles. He was the director of career advancement for the graduating students. And so I was constantly matchmaking graduating seniors with corporations, top corporations. And I had made a list of, I knew I wanted to go work for a number one company so I could learn the number one ways. And USA Today happened to be on my list and I was recruited by them. And I was hired for a middle executive senior role but ended up the day I started, they were actually hiring a senior advertising exec. You needed 25 years experience. And I thought I could do that even though I didn't have a day of experience in advertising and marketing and media. Um, and they thought that that was interesting that I had the audacity to ask them and to be serious. And I was serious. I said, I don't have the experience, but I will do everything to learn. And maybe it is a new perspective that is needed. And I had no idea that that would be the foundation of kind of my career path was to, yes, I know how to be in relationship and conversation with the traditional mindset, but I'm always going to find a way to disrupt and try to break down the barriers for all. And I didn't know that me being able to ask for a job I didn't qualify for would kind of be the tone and the foundation of what would come because I asked for everything and negotiate down from there. So. <laughs> I'm starting to see a theme, Monique. I mean, truly, there is a theme. A That's theme. why people would trust their process because, oh my gosh, like there's no way anyone who tells you that, oh, I understood I was going to be this or I knew I was going to do this and I knew that this would be the outcome. That's not true, but we do have to trust our uniqueness. We do have to trust who we are as an individual, what our purpose is. And that journey will not look like anyone else's. And mm -hmm. so stop trying to duplicate others' journey. Yes, take the habits, the value systems of the people you admire and respect, but trust that your journey is to, for your for your process and for your journey itself. Yeah, I love that so much. And I know you and I spoke about, you know, the power of original right? Being yes. one of a kind, people don't tap into that as often as they should. It's everything. I have never, I'm very grateful to my youth because I, I thought about, wow, I didn't have a bunch of friends. I had a best friend and my sister was really my best friend. What I did have was a lot of associates because I actually acknowledged who people were. I never wanted to be them and I never thought that they should want to be me. I did see their journey and I understood it and appreciated it, but I never felt like I needed to fit in. And I think that that's very, very important. I think that we do need to spend a lot more time and energy on the individual side of life and encouraging mm -hmm. that in young people, because it is the difference. Our unique perspective, that, that one thing that we have, which is ourself, is very different than the other billions of people in the world. And if we can hone into that and focus on that, that's the beautiful thing that we get to give to the world. And that is what makes us unique. So one of the things when I think about your story is that you've lived um, in the public eye, um, you know, as the CEO of Mosley Music Group and Mosley Brands, um, you've been out there in a public way. That, I think, is more pressure and makes it more difficult to stay in touch with your, you know, um, genuine self because all of the judgment right that's coming at you what how did you manage to do that 
um, and and go through a very public divorce as well. What? How did that strengthen your character? Maybe I'll ask it that way. Well, <laughs> which part of it? <laughs> so it's a big question, but I'll, I'll yeah. say to the first part of your question is that the difference is it, it's a choice. It's a choice. I myself and my ex-husband, we never we never prioritize our relationship being a celebrity relationship. That was never the driving factor. We were two people who met young, who were in love with each other, who loved to dream big, who who both believed in each other and bet on each other. What our career paths were had nothing to do with our private life. And I think that he and I were both extremely good at separating the two. And I know for me personally, I never fell in love with the lifestyle because what I understand the opposite of that is when the lifestyle doesn't embrace you, what what do you think your worth is? And so I never placed my value or worth on an industry or category of people. I always looked at that industry and still to this day as those are just human beings going through the same life experience. They all have the same insecurities that every human being does. And the reality is that I felt blessed and fortunate. I love music. Music is my love language. It's my expression. Um, For me, music is the universal language. So that's what I was connected to. I wasn't connected to the, the celebrity side of it. So that never really played a role in our relationship. Now, the public divorce, Tim and I have the utmost respect for each other. We still do to this day. We're a family. We're a family forever. Just because our personal relationship didn't work out has nothing to do with how we respect each other, how we care for each other, and most importantly, how we parent together. Uh, That's a very mature approach, I would say. Um, Listen, we're going to go into our last break. And when we come back, we'll finish up with Manuke Mosley, founder of Rain Venture Capital. We'll be right back. Women to watch. watch. Sports watch. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Jen Welker, and you are listening to Sports Watch. You know, it's interesting. Every time I hear uh, the phrase trailblazer and people, you know, edify you with it and say it with reverence, and there is a, a visible and visceral feeling and imagery that I get when it comes up. And it's literally that the trailblazer means you're the one taking all the branches to the face, right? Those unattractive branches swing back and smack you not so gently at times in the face and they wake you up and you go, Oh, well that, that was a big branch or that was uncomfortable. And, you know, let me, let me take this ax and, and cut it out of the way so that the next person will have a cleaner path. And, that's what trailblazer means. It means facing the unexpected, taking branches to the face and continuing to push forward so that the second will have an easier journey, so that the third will have a path to follow, so that you get to a place and a space where you have a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and at some point you're you're no longer talking about first because there are strengths in numbers. So the challenge is when you are the first, that also means you are inherently the only. And it means that the entire narrative surrounding something rests squarely on your shoulders. When you are that woman or that person, right, who is a sample set of one, you're setting a standard for what is possible for all other women. 
follow me and all my adventures, or you could say misadventures, on Welter47 on Instagram or at jwelter47 on Twitter. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm so honored and thrilled to have with me Monique Mosley, again, the founder of Rain Venture Capital, which, by the way, invests in women-led and minority-led startups. So we should probably talk about the company, which um, in 2017, you started with your friend Erica Minahan. Am I, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. That is correct, Minahan. Okay. Um, and the interesting thing is that she and I actually met during my executive MBA experience, and I was a part of a group that was considered what they called STAR, Special Talented Access and Resources. And so it was a very, it was a hand-selected group of us who did this MBA experience where we went to and we traveled for two and a half years to three different universities, George Washington, UCLA, and um, Columbia. And we would take our classes on each of the campuses. And it was then, 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, where I was introduced to angel investing. And I became one of the most active angel investors. And Erica happened to be the lady that the organization brought in to run um, this particular angel group. And she and I kicked it off immediately. And she saw I was very curious. And she took it upon herself to really teach me and help me explore this side of my curiosity. And my first emotional response was I was frustrated. I was frustrated that Tim and I had made it so successful, yet I found us to be not very financially literate, even though we had this huge financial team. And um, it was it was really discerning to me that we didn't know anything about alternative investing and investing in the early stage. And so I became extremely active, probably the most active investor out of that group, and realized um, immediately that Eric and I believed in the same thing, which was uh, inclusive investing. And we did see a problem. We saw a problem that we were not having access to founders who were women or people of color. And we decided to write a thesis. Um, what if we invested our own money and built our own firm and just did it? And so for the first eight and a half years, that's literally what we did. We took personal capital and cr started investing to create a data room uh, because we knew eventually we, we would formalize and create a venture firm. And so that's what we did in 2018. We formalized Rain Ventures mm -hmm. and we now have our first official fund was 50 million. And then at the end of next wow. year, we'll start raising our second fund, which is 100 million. And we, uh, we like to lead in the seed stage and we're tech investors. So we invest in the tech startup ecosystem. Okay. Uh, and we specialize in consumer tech and software. Okay. So, you know, that's risky. You took a big risk and a leap of faith to do that and believe that it would take off. I, was, I wanted to ask you, what, it, what has it been like for you? I'm going to tie this back to the beginning now to come from the place you did and the means you had then to where you are now to be able to have the resources to start not only start a company, but be able to invest in others. Right. To help them fulfill their own dreams, which is something you've always um, aspired to do. 
You know, what I what I love is investing in founders that are trying to change the world and level out all of the inequalities for all, and, and make this a more balanced, healthy ecosystem. And so when we're able to find founders that we identify as exceptional founders and have great companies, it is such a joy and a pleasure to be a part of that particular journey. And how I like to explain it is that in the music industry, we developed raw talent. The end, the end cycle of it is the consumers experience the superstar. And we look at our journey in venture capital the exact same way. We, the re, it, it makes sense to everyone that I love to play in the seed stage because I do find that to be the most vulnerable state for a founder. And founders do need you know, friendly, founder-friendly uh, investors. They need investors that believe in their vision but are also willing to grow with them um, change with them, support them, and encourage them. I, I think that we see so many startup companies fail, not because it's not a good fit or they didn't get the money, but because the support isn't there. And we understand mm -hmm. that you need a bumper system of support. And that, you know, so this seems very natural. It's a natural fit to me. And I am, I love to play with visions and, strate and strategically. And so for us, it just makes the most sense. And we're able to provide the best resources for our founders because both of us have been entrepreneurs, both of us have been operators, and we truly, truly do understand what it's like to be undervalued. What do you look for in people that lead you to believe in them, you know, and want to invest in them? Well, you know, I tell everyone that the due diligence process is not different. Um, we do have a very, you know, strict due diligence process, but access to us is different. Access to supporting you, directing you. If we're not a good fit as an investor, we will absolutely identify some found some investors that play in that particular space. And so we look for a lot of things. We look for founder market fit. We look for traction. We look for product fit, you know, we look for mark is, is the market gonna be there? What does this market look like in 10 years from now? Are we? Are you creating something that is actually disrupting what is there? Are you adding something valuable that your consumer will not only want, but feels like they have to have? And so it, it's a checklist, you know, um, but what we do is we encourage all founders, um, if they're looking for investment to contact us, and we will redirect them if it's not something that we actually invest in. Um, we just have a minute left, and I want to ask you about your kids. Um, you have two boys and a girl. I do. Yeah. Yes. And Rain is is the the name of your company. She's your daughter. If if you could wave a magic wand and change one thing in the world for them, what would that be? Acceptance, love. Um, I I think that in pursuit of our own individual happiness, we also need to think of others and think of how we can support others. And so what I would want for them is to continue to live through life, leading with love, support, a consciousness. I think that the world is missing a huge consciousness, especially when it comes to capital. And so I would want them to be able to know that they can be anything they wanna be and never live within someone else's fears and insecurities and to always challenge themselves. And so that's the world I want them to live in. Are, are any of them in music? Yes, yeah, so our so Rain, our oldest, Demetrius, he is a producer, 
Um, he is always creating. He does. He works a lot with our label and Tim's Beat Club company. And then Rain, she's a true thespian. She sings, she performs, she writes, oh, wow. she acts, she dances. So they're all creative in their own way. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I appreciate so much you're taking the time. And you really um, are a great example for girls and women, I think, in just having that belief and confidence um, and to continually try, whether things don't work or not. I think that's the point, right, is that you won't know unless you try it and don't ever be fear, you know, fearful of the outcome. Trust the process. Never, ever, ever give up. That's the difference. Yeah, that's great. That. Thank you so much, Monique. That's it, everyone. Thank you, Sue. For another week of Women to Watch. Stay tuned for our show next week and have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.